Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's episode, I am joined by future Colgate women's hockey player who just finished up her junior career with the London Devilettes, Emma Pace. Uh, Emma has won two world U18 World Championships for Team Canada in the last two years. Uh, Emma, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, and how's everything going? Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, no, it's been definitely not as busy having the season done, but it's been good to get a little time off and then get back into off season. So it's been exciting. Well, I kind of want to start off this podcast talking about the beginning of your hockey career and work all the way down to where you are today. Uh, So from the research that I've done on yourself, it says that you're from Kenora, Ontario. Uh, I know that's two hours outside of Winnipeg. So talk about growing up there and how'd you start playing hockey? Yeah, so um, that's where I was born, obviously, and I moved to London, where I live now, uh, when I was seven, but that's kind of where I got started in hockey. Uh, It's really cold there, for sure, so everyone definitely starts skating on the ponds, and I mean, neither of my parents played hockey, so when they saw the other kids doing it, they just kind of threw me out there, and I loved it right away, and then got into organized hockey as I got older, but it was really awesome there, because it's kind of that, it's a pretty small town, so Uh, It's grown around hockey and people love their hockey there. So it was awesome to get started there. And then uh, once I moved to London, I kind of jumped right into the London organization, which was also a great experience. Who was your favorite player growing up? Was it someone on the Leafs, I assume, or was it a women's player on the national team? Yeah, so I would say I probably had two. Um, I would say I'm definitely Marie-Philippe Plan era. Like, I mean, you can't not love her. She's really awesome and obviously great to watch on the ice. And then Connor McDavid, um, even though, like, I'm a huge Leafs fan, uh, Connor McDavid, like, just his speed always impresses me. And whenever I can watch Edmonton play, I definitely take advantage of that. Yeah, I'm a big Bruins fan, and unfortunately, they got eliminated last week. So it's been I've been actually watching the Oilers and Vegas series a lot recently yeah. just because I've had more free time. And that's been a fun series, and McDavid's so much fun to watch. It's just like every time you touch the puck, you think he's going to score just because of his stick handling abilities and skating. He's probably the best hockey player I've ever seen play in my oh, lifetime. For sure. Yeah, no, um, like any time I'm like, I will watch any highlight video, anything on him because he is so awesome. I know last night he had a couple of goals, so those are really awesome to watch. And I've been watching that series for sure, too. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting series because I think Vegas has more depth than Edmonton. Um, mm-hmm. But I think uh, both those guys can obviously find a way to beat any team, especially since Vegas sort of has been having shaky goaltending um, in this yeah. playoffs in the last few weeks. So we'll see what happens. I think that I think whoever wins that series, I think, is going to be the Western Conference team in the Stanley Cup final, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. I think that series is really important as far as the Western side goes. And obviously, I love Marie Philippalan, but, you know, I'm an American and she's broken my heart so many times. So there's I, I love watching her play, but at the same time, it hurts seeing some of her highlights uh, beating the U.S. all the time. Yeah. See, I'm on the other side of that. So I definitely, <laughs> definitely, I don't like Hillary Knight as much, but I'm definitely a big fan of Marie Philippe Land. She's awesome. And just the way she can shoot the puck and handle the puck is always impressive. I'm assuming you've met her before since you've done all those Hockey Canada stuff. Yeah, no, I've definitely, so I've met her a couple times now, but the first time I met her, I was definitely a little shell-shocked. I tried to keep it cool, but no, I was definitely really excited kind of meeting a childhood hero like that. What's she like in person? Everyone says she's super nice and very quiet. Oh, man, she is awesome. Like the first time I met her, like obviously she's a really big star, but really down to earth, like willing to talk to any of the kids and super friendly. So it was awesome to get to know her because once you obviously she's amazing on the ice, but off the ice, she's an even better person. So that was really cool. 
Now, you obviously just finished up your junior career with the London Devilettes in the OWHL. Uh, so my question is, how did you get the opportunity to be a part of that organization? Because like I mentioned, I'm from the U.S., along with a lot of the audience that listens to this podcast. So I'm sort of unfamiliar of how that process works of joining um, in the OHL and joining these teams. Yeah. So um, pretty much I, when I moved to London, when I turned seven, I kind of got, I never really played boys hockey. I jumped right in with the London Devilettes and they have a really great program all the way from Tyke all the way up to junior hockey. So um, I played all the way through. I played double A with off and on for my whole hockey career. And then um, so after Tyke, I went all the way through and then started with the junior team which, which would have been a COVID year in 2020. So definitely didn't get to do much here in Canada that year, but um, it kind of worked out because I live right in London. So it's a great organization, got put right into that. And then to be a part of the junior team, um, I kind of, in my Bantam year, I started talking to the junior coaches and they expressed that they wanted me on the team. So then I kind of signed halfway through my Bantam year to play the year after. And then obviously COVID happened. So we weren't doing much that year, a lot of practicing, but then I had two really great seasons in the OWHL with London. So the Devilettes have like a youth organization along with the junior team and they can sign players off those youth organizations, I presume. Yeah, no. So it's a really, um, I know some places use different logos and stuff like that, but with London, it's a pretty connected program. Um, we do a lot of work with the younger kids and then, uh, kind of coming out of Bantam, I always wanted to play for the junior team. I grew up watching them. So we mostly pull from kids from London, but, um, we also will pull from other organizations too, just depending on the depth of that year. Now talk about what it's like playing in the OWHL and just the competition you face um, all the time, because I think it's one of the best junior leagues in Canada for women's hockey, because you have pretty much all the best Ontario players mm -hmm. playing that league, along with some other players who aren't from Ontario as well. So you're pretty much playing the best of the best in practice, as well as during games as well. So that's just pretty much making you a better hockey player every day, once you, every time you step on the ice. Yeah, no, it's definitely a really awesome league. Um, obviously, my first year, I didn't get to play any games because of COVID. But then my second and third year, it was definitely um, got a lot of competition. Like every weekend, we have to go in and we have to be focused um, to give ourselves a chance to win. I know, like just in Ontario, we have a lot of depth when it comes to women's hockey. And then when we get players from other provinces, too, it's really awesome to see. Um, it's a great league. And I would definitely recommend that anyone who has the opportunity to play in it definitely takes advantage of that. What are some of your best hockey memories uh, with the London Devilettes when you look back on it now? I know it's sort of fresh uh, in your mind, but uh, looking back on it now, you sort of thought, like, oh, that was a really cool moment that I got to experience. Yeah, no, I think there was definitely a lot. Um, some of the I played been playing with some of these girls since I was like six years old. So that's pretty special. I mean, obviously, just those memories hanging out with them. But then. Um, we actually, we won this year, uh, we won the league. So that was really exciting and definitely something I'll never forget because we kind of all came up with the program for a really long time. We also had a lot of bus trips. So those are always fun. A lot of memories made off the ice there. And then I think when I was younger, more just the hotel weekends, mini sticks in the hall, like kind of the little things like that are definitely stuff I'll never forget. What a way to end off your career winning the championship. I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, no, it was definitely really special. I mean, it was kind of unbelievable because I mean we had a very good team but we didn't necessarily play our best hockey throughout the year but then that weekend we really brought it together we beat a whole bunch of teams that we hadn't beaten all season so that was really special and then we kind of had a comeback win in the final which also made it even more exciting so yeah especially with all the stuff that you went uh the prior years with COVID and the adversity which I'll get into in a little bit but that just <laughs> I feel like that makes it even more special 
Yeah, no, and it was because of the group is honestly what made it so exciting. And it's a little bittersweet because we're all heading our separate ways now, but definitely friends for life. And I'm sure I'll continue to talk to them. Now, I have to ask you about those bus trips. Uh, What were you doing on the bus that made it so memorable? I'm assuming a lot of karaoke, I presume. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of karaoke. We did a few trips down to the U.S. and uh, quite long bus trips. So Mm -hmm. karaoke definitely happened. A bit of games, some cards whatever we could kind of keep ourselves busy with. There's a bit of homework because we do have to stay on top of that, but kind of whatever we could keep ourselves busy with, but it was just nice to be able to spend time with everyone. Do the coaches ever participate in the karaoke or is it only for players only? I'll be honest, not often. Um, (laughs) We have a bit of an older coaching staff, so sometimes they don't like to get involved, but there was one bus trip. uh, We were actually in Michigan this year and they, there was one night they did take part part in the karaoke. So that was probably one of the biggest memories of the year. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, like you mentioned before this season, you had to deal with a lot of challenges due to the pandemic with things being delayed, uh, having not playing games and also sort of having inconsistent season. Like even though you had one year that you completely missed, the following year, you still had a lot of delays and inconsistence because the game's being canceled or postponed. So yeah. I want to ask you, how have you handled that challenge? And how has it made you a better hockey player throughout your hockey development, sort of not playing games and sort of with a lot of unknowns, I guess, throughout um, your junior career? Um, what was some of the things that you worked on during those parts to sort of continue to develop and make you a better hockey player when you weren't on the ice all the time? Yeah. So I think the first thing I definitely focused on was a positive outlook because during those situations, it's definitely easy to get down and kind of negative on yourself. But I tried to focus on like the fact that it's going to come back. Like we're going to get another opportunity to play. Um, I think right away, because there were so many unknowns, it was kind of like, okay, well, I got nothing else to do. So I kind of started training um, quite a bit. And then once we got back on the ice, um, we kind of got to do small group stuff with, which I feel like I definitely took advantage of, advantage of, especially getting more one-on-one coaching and like corrections. I think I like developed my game a lot and also had the opportunity to work because we have such a deep group in London. We got to get on the ice in small groups. And then I think I just tried to focus on my training and making sure those little parts of my game, I want to improve going from Bantam to junior Um, making sure I was working on those. And I think it did work out in the end because I feel like that period where we didn't get to play games uh, was really beneficial for me because I feel like I took advantage of it. Yeah. And you also, I feel like, I feel like a lot of players that I've talked to, they worked out a lot more. So they felt like they got stronger and they were so good, like just like board battles and all that little stuff that you sort of like don't really think about during the season because you're so focused on trying to get better shooting and passing and skating where you worked on those small little details and it's all all added up when it came back. Yeah. And I think it was also just the prolonged, like it was almost just like a long off season, like off season Mm -hmm. never really ended. So it was a real opportunity to take advantage and definitely make those gains both on and off the ice. And I think a lot of the gains that I did make in the gym, they transferred once I did get back on the ice. Now you had statistically your best season this past year. So I want to ask, what do you think was the biggest improvement you made to your game this year? And how did you work on it um, during that long off season during COVID, mm-hmm. but also um, as the season, as your game started to progress um, your junior year and now into your senior year of high school? Yeah. So um, I would say definitely I tried to work on deception and kind of shooting off the pass a lot more this year. Um, I've always kind of been a straight line skater of, uh, kind of focus my game off speed, but I wanted to add that more deception, not just to get on the score sheet more, but just to create more opportunities for my team off of rebounds and off the power play. I've been playing the bumper. So um, shooting off the pass is obviously really important when you're in the bumper, but um, 
just kind of focus on those two details. And then I think that actually helped me a lot to both score a few more goals, but also uh, set up my teammates for a few more opportunities. Now, how has your hockey experience with London helped prepare you for college hockey with Colgate? Yeah, well, I think we they have a really good program there in London. So um, I think they definitely treat us very well. We get treated uh, like professional athletes, which is really cool. We have a gym um, in the arena, which is not something that a lot of teams get. Uh, so definitely took advantage of that. And then also just, I think, time management skills. We practiced three days a week and played two to three days a week. So we were going a lot and with other workouts and things, we were at the rink for most of those nights. So I think that kind of getting home and having to do your homework, I think that'll be a really good skill to transfer into the NCAA next year. Yeah, time management suits. I feel like it gets even more of a challenge when you're in college is because their workload's more heavier than in high school. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I think definitely a little nervous about the workload in college, but uh, I think I've developed a few skills that hopefully I can transfer over. It does get better as you get older. I feel like freshman year is always the toughest because you're adjusting to it, but you also have the heaviest workload because you're doing a lot of gen ed classes. I find that once you get to your sophomore year, um, it's a little bit easier because you're taking more of courses that you're interested in because you're not having to finish those requirements for your gen ed. Yeah, no, I'm definitely excited to get through freshman year and get on to taking some courses that I'm more interested in. So, Now, there's probably a lot of fans listening to this that have never seen you play before. So I want to ask you for college hockey fans that have never seen you play before, just describe your game to them and what can they expect when they see you on Colgate uh, next season? Yeah, so I would definitely like to say like I um, I play my game in a fast way. I like to play with a lot of speed, uh, play 200 feet. I play on the wing. So I play center a little bit, but mostly on the wing. So getting up and down the ice quickly and then driving the net hard. I've also, as I mentioned, I've been trying to add the deception to my game a bit more. So getting to the middle lane, uh, creating chances off the rush is kind of what I pride myself in. Now, you had the opportunity to play in the last two U18 World Championships. So I do want to sort of talk about that because obviously you won two gold medals in those two tournaments. Um, but I want to start off talking about the one that happened last summer. Um, so I want to ask, uh, how did you find how did you find out you made uh, made it on Team Canada for that tournament? Yeah, so it was kind of a bit of a different process just because of COVID again. But um, I found out in no, I think it was late November that I was invited to the selection camp that they were going to holding Canada before they headed off to where it was supposed to be Sweden. Um, and then they found out they weren't able to do that. So they actually called us and let us know that we were selected for the team that was going to go to Sweden. So that was really special and definitely something I'll never forget. Yeah. And like you mentioned, the tournament was initially canceled, then postponed to the summer. I want to ask, how did you handle your emotions that you felt during that time period, especially since there was a lot of unknowns about that tournament taking place? Because I feel like it's got to be weird to like have the excitement of knowing you made the team and going to Sweden, then having such the I guess the dread of knowing that that tournament's canceled and having it not happen and then having it sort of sort of figure out a way to get started again. So I want to ask you about that. Yeah, well, when I was first selected for the camp that was supposed to take place before the team left for Sweden, I was kind of shell shocked. Like I was I had to double check my email, be like, is this from the right people? Because I was pretty excited and I hadn't gone to the summer camp that they held in August. So to get that email was definitely kind of like, oh, my gosh, this is actually happening. And then so when they said that the tournament was going to be canceled or postponed, they weren't really sure what was going to happen yet. Um, I was kind of just like, okay, this gives me an opportunity to continue to work to be better um, for when we do get to hopefully get together. And then 
um, when they announced they were going to be doing a selection camp again in Calgary before the team headed to Wisconsin. It was like kind of a relief. It was like, okay, we're going to get an opportunity to kind of show our skills and show why we deserve to be on the team. So that was really exciting. Now describe the emotions of putting on the Canadian jersey for the first time and getting the chance to represent your country on that stage because Outside of the Olympics, I would argue that the U18 World Championships is probably the biggest tournament that you get to play in um, as a women's hockey player from Canada. Yeah, no, it's it was so special. I mean, growing up in London, there was a two the two Goslings uh, went to the World Championship, the U18 World Championships before me. So I remember seeing that and being like, wow, like that's really cool that they got that opportunity so young. And then, I mean, the first time I got to put on the jersey, it didn't really feel real. It was a pretty surreal moment. And being able to do it with all my teammates was really cool. And then obviously kind of getting right into it. It was a crazy experience. That whole world was just unreal. And looking back, I definitely wish I would have taken it in a bit more because I was just so excited to be there. But yeah, no, it was definitely a crazy experience. I was so proud to be there and definitely proud to represent my city and um, my province and my family. So it was really cool to be able to have my parents there too. And you had a few of your London teammates with you during that tournament. That must've been nice to, like, I know you mentioned how cool it was to see Julia and Nicole Gosling represent yeah. London um, in the previous two tournaments before you went. How cool was it to sort of be with your teammates and sort of help that organization have more representation in the U18 World Championships? Yeah, well, I've actually, um, Madison Chandler, one of the girls from London who was on that team, uh, we've both been in the London Devilettes organization for pretty much our whole lives. We've kind of grown up together. So that was a pretty cool moment. There's a few pictures of us in Canada jerseys when we were little, uh, hoping that that was us one day. So that was exciting. And then uh, me and Jocelyn being the same age, we're kind of in the same boat with the whole August camp and the whole situation. So we were definitely both like for all three of us to be there together was really special. And to be able to win a gold medal with uh, three of your teammates from back home definitely meant a lot. Now, you beat Team USA in Wisconsin to win the gold medal. Talk about winning that championship and what it meant to you. Must have felt nice to also beat Team USA in the U.S. because I know what it feels like to watch Team USA beat Canada <laughs> in Canada. I feel like it makes it even more special in some weird way. Yeah, no, it was definitely crazy. I mean, especially after that, uh, oh my gosh, round robin game, we um, uh, lost quite significantly in that game. So after that happened, it was like, okay, well, um, they're definitely, they were a very strong team. Um, they had skill all the way from the back end, all the way um, to forward. But I think we kind of changed our perspective on that game and tried to play blue collar hockey the best we could. And so having the opportunity to beat the U.S., I mean, obviously it's kind of a childhood dream, especially in a gold medal game. But doing it in the U.S. was definitely cool because it's a sold out crowd, which is really special for women's hockey because that never really happens. But uh, yeah, no, that gold medal is definitely something I'll never forget. Where do you keep that one today? Um, I don't know if you can see, but it is hung up in my room uh, oh, cool. up by the jerseys. So, yeah, no, I uh, definitely keep that one up there, making sure that it's in a special spot. Are you going to keep it at your house just so your parents can protect it when you're gone in college? Yeah, I think the best move is definitely not to take it with me. Uh, I definitely don't want it to get lost or anything to happen to it. So I think I'll definitely have to keep that one at home. Now, sort of similar to your junior career, you improved significantly from the tournament in 2022 to the one in 2023. Uh, what was the biggest improvement you think you made uh, to your game uh, during both those tournaments? And I guess what would you do uh, during the fall to sort of get yourself ready uh, for the one in 2023, maybe then differently than the one you did in 2022? Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing I focused on was just uh, my mindset. So I think going into that uh, first 
tournament, the first Worlds, I was kind of timid and felt like, oh, I probably don't really belong here. And I felt like um, I kind of showed that at some points on the ice. I wasn't as more as confident in my abilities. But then going into the second uh, Worlds, I think I gained a little bit more confidence and was able to use that to um, play like more relaxed on the ice. And I think that's the same thing that happened with juniors. I was able to be more confident in my abilities and make some plays that I wasn't as confident doing the year before. And then also I just kind of after the 2022 World Championships, I kind of kept in mind okay, like I still got something to prove. Like I didn't want to get complacent with what, even though we had won a gold medal and I'd been a part of that team, I wanted to make sure that I can continue to get better so I could make that second team and then hopefully have an impact on that team. You think sort of having with the unknowns of the 2022 with it being canceled and sort of always being in flux, having this year's tournament, sort of knowing when it's going to happen and sort of having a normal, I guess, process of getting to the team. Do you think that helped? Cause you sort of had an idea of what it was all going to be like. It wasn't a lot of like unknowns with it. Yeah, well, it was definitely a quick turnaround because we won in uh, June in the 2022 uh, U18 World Championships, and then we had camp in August. So a bit of a quick turnaround there, but I think that's what made it um, so exciting is because you had just done it, so you were excited to get right back into it. And I think um, that also helped us have success as a group. And describe what it's like uh, making Team Canada. I guess what's the process like uh, for this? Just talk about like what it takes uh, for this past year's tournament. Obviously, you mentioned you have to do some camps, but what's that whole process like and just how grueling is it? Yeah, so um, we went to in August, we went to Calgary, which is kind of the headquarters for Hockey Canada. So uh, we went out there. We had about 10 days of fitness testing, um, different on ice tests, and then obviously doing a few practices. And we actually got to play Finland in the kind of tryout portion of that camp. Um, so that was really cool to kind of see because it was like daily training. Uh, we were doing a lot every day, but it was pretty, it was awesome experience. Obviously, they had the national team there as well and the development team. So it was cool to kind of see everyone um, from the top levels of women's hockey in Canada there. And then after that, they selected a team to play in a series against the U.S. Um, so the USA uh, U18 team came to Canada to Calgary and played a three game series with, with, with us. So that was obviously a cool experience. I got selected for that team. And then we didn't really have much. Um, we started doing zoom meetings again, I think in October, just to kind of keep, um, and that was with all 40 who attended the camp just to kind of keep everyone connected. Um, we did a few readings just to kind of keep everyone connected and talking to one another. And then in December, they selected the team um, that would go to Sweden, which was pretty cool. I mean, we got another phone call, so that was really exciting. And then from there, it was just kind of prepped to get ready to take part in that tournament and head overseas, which was totally something different I've never really done. So that was pretty exciting. But I think the whole process was just kind of, although not a long period of time, it was kind of a bit stressful at times. But I think it's something I'm grateful to have the stress because it's such a great opportunity and it's an awesome program that Hockey Canada runs there. Being able to have the summer program and then work all the way up to the world championships was really awesome. So this might be a little bit of a weird offseason because it's going to be so low key with not as much happening compared to last year. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really different. I mean, I feel like I got a big break right now and um, I'll be heading out to Colgate in August. So looking forward to that, but not much going on between now and then. Now, like you mentioned, you made the roster again, but this time you were an assistant captain. So I want to ask you how you found out you got the A on your jersey and what type of leadership did you want to bring to that team? 
Yeah, well, um, in the summer, actually, for the series, they had the leadership group from the senior national team present us with our jerseys, um, with our letters on it, with the whole leadership group from um, the U18 team. So that was really special. I mean, definitely a moment I'll never forget. I had Marie Philippe Poulain hand me my jersey. So that was, I mean, pretty cool. And um, I know the seven of us, our leadership group from that 2023 world championships um it was a great group and anyone there definitely could have worn a letter but I tried to bring um energy I mean I would say I'm a pretty outgoing person so I try to bring my energy to the group and then just kind of calming everyone down and uh, having the experience of being there before I tried to use my experience just to make sure that everything kind of stayed in the middle and everyone was really excited to be there and I hope it helped out in the end on allowing us to have a little bit of success What's it like playing in Sweden? Because I feel like it's a little bit different with the ice size, or is it sort of the same for, um, it's like, I know it's regulation for all international tournament, but it just seems like every time I watch hockey in Sweden, they have like all these logos on the ice. It's so much bigger. It just seems like such a different style of game that they play out there. Yeah, well, I would say the first adjustment was definitely playing overseas. Um, We had a bit of a time difference there, so we had to get used to that. But I think once we got on the ice, everyone was just so excited to be there and it was a really awesome group. So I didn't really notice it too much. I mean, it was a little bit uh, of a bigger ice surface than what we're used to, but they had huge stands there too, which was cool because we actually got to play in front of a sold out crowd against Sweden. So yeah, it was a little bit different, but overall, I think we adjusted really well and got used to it pretty much right away. Those fans are crazy. Like when I was watching it, like I got to give tip my cap to them because I I really didn't know too much about Swedish hockey, if I'm being honest with you. But those fans really got into it, it seemed like. Yeah, no, they were they were really into it. I mean, um, it was cool just to have that much support for one country, um, especially hockey not being as popular over there to be able to kind of sell out a decent sized venue was really awesome to see. Now, you guys. Uh, it was sort of a weird tournament because you guys, it was, I guess, not weird, but it was a lot different uh, compared to last year because you mentioned how you sort of lost to the Team USA in the round robins. But this year mm-hmm. you won every single one of your games. So just talk a little bit about just the consistency that you built. And also, I want to ask you, talk about the Team USA versus Team Canada rivalry from your perspective as a Canadian because I love it. It's games that like us Americans sort of wake up for. It's what we love to watch Team USA versus Team Canada. Yeah. I assume it's the same thing uh, for you guys up north. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's a rivalry I've been watching since the Olympics um, in 2010. I think that's when I kind of started. I think I was only five years old, but I was so excited to watch that game in Vancouver, obviously on Canadian soil. Um, it's a rivalry that's definitely nothing. You don't really understand it until you get the opportunity to play in it. It's pretty crazy. I mean, we both want to win. It's two very competitive countries and, um, I think when we get the opportunity to win, it's definitely really special, but they always bring great teams and we always have great games with them. And they're definitely the games you get up for as a Canadian. So that's really exciting. I also like the respect that both you guys have, at least from the U18 perspective. Mm-hmm. I know it's like that for every level as well. I think that's what makes the rivalry even more special, in my opinion, because there's that respect off the ice as well, especially since you're going to be playing with and against those teammates in college uh, coming up. Yeah, no, for sure. I think um, both of us kind of have the mutual respect in that, like, they are a very awesome team. And I think we are, we love to be able to play against very competitive teams. I mean, everyone likes to play in competitive games and they always give us great games. So yeah, definitely excited to play against some of them next year and play with some of them. I think it'll be cool. Definitely being able for all of us to mostly be in one league. Now you won another gold medal, beating Sweden this time ten to nothing. Uh, what were emotions were you feeling after that win, and what did this gold medal mean to you compared to the one that you won um, in Madison last summer? 
Yeah, I mean, anytime you get the opportunity to play for Canada, it's definitely really special. Um, I was just, I think when that game happened, our team, we didn't play as great as we wanted to in the semifinals against Finland. So I think going into that uh, final against Sweden, we really wanted to come and play our game right away. And I think we did that. We uh, came out definitely hard in the first and played a really good period. And I think we just continued to build off that. And I think when the buzzer finally did go, it was like, almost I kept saying to the girls from last year like we did it like we did two in a row so that was pretty exciting that we had the opportunity to do that and then I know that that whole group was a really special group so to be able to finish um, a tournament like that definitely was exciting yeah and also I feel like it probably means a lot more since you know that's your final tournament it's not like oh I have one more left I don't know maybe yeah. I feel like part of me would feel that way as well like knowing I ended off my junior career with my country on a high note yeah, no, it was definitely unreal. I mean, um, kind of also not knowing if you're going to get the opportunity to play for Team Can again. I definitely wanted to take that whole experience in and really enjoy the whole tournament and the whole process. Now, I do want to ask you about your recruiting process uh, to Colgate, since this is a college hockey podcast, after all. Um, so just talk a little bit about your recruiting process there and uh, why did you choose to go there versus other schools you might have looked at? Yeah. So again, COVID affected my recruiting process a little bit. Um, we kind of had a whole year of no hockey, so I didn't really know what to expect coming into June 15th. Um, I had a few schools that I actually got the opportunity to go down and visit. And obviously every school in the NCAA is an awesome option. But I think what really stood out for me at Colgate was their program. Um, they're building a really good program there and I'm really excited to be a part of it. And then they have an unreal coaching staff. So I wanted to make sure I could go somewhere where I could develop and learn a lot um, to hopefully move on and play for the senior national team someday. So I think um, Colgate just kind of worked into that. And then it wasn't too far from home, which was also great because I'm really close with my whole family. So for them to be able to have the opportunity to come down and watch was another really cool thing. And then they have a great academic program. So those were kind of the three things that stuck out to me and why I made the decision to go to Colgate. Have you been watching any of Colgate's hockey games this past year? And uh, have you had the chance to meet any of your future teammates? I know some of them you've played with before, but I'm, I'm more just curious about the sophomore, junior and seniors that yeah. are already on the team. Yeah, so um, I have obviously watched quite a few of their games. Uh, I kind of want to see what they were playing, like kind of their style of play and everything like that. So I watched quite a few games. And then um, I know a lot of the girls who are freshmen, obviously, because I had the opportunity to play with them on Team Ontario and Team Canada and then play against them in the OWHL. Um, I've met a couple of the older girls just through different camps and things, but um, haven't really got the opportunity to get to know them too much yet. So I'm definitely excited to get out there in August and get to know them. Now, what do you think is going to be like the biggest adjustment you have to make to your game when you play college hockey? Obviously, I think it's probably the speed and the physicality mm -hmm. since you're playing against much older players. Like, I feel like that's such an adjustment to play like 18 year olds and juniors and then play 23 year olds the following season in college hockey. Yeah, no, I think the biggest thing I'm kind of focusing on is just my physicality. So this summer, I'm trying to focus on um, making sure I'm making those gains in the gym that I can transfer onto the ice um, just to make sure I can also keep up with the pace, but still be able to kind of hold my own and uh, use my body to get to the net. Now, what are your team's goals and expectations for next year? I know you saw that Wisconsin game, and I know a lot of the players have a bad taste in their mouth from that. So it's going to be a it's definitely going to be interesting to see how Colgate bounces back from that. So what are your thoughts on just your net following season and what do you hope to accomplish individually and then as a team as well? Yeah. So uh, as a team, I mean, I think we'd love to win. <laughs> I think every team will say that, but um, I think 
winning an NCAA championship would be really cool. So I think obviously our sights would be set on that. Um, and then individually, I would say I don't have too many goals or expectations. I just want to go in and try to make the best impact I can on the program. I remember one coach tell, told me, he's like, he's like, if you're not, if your goal isn't to win a national championship before any season, then why are you here? Like it makes yeah. sense. Well, that's, I, I, I totally get where you're coming from on that. Yeah. So we're now in a segment I like to call the non-hockey segment where I ask you okay. some non-hockey questions just to get to know you a little bit more off the ice. First one is what music do you like to listen to? Um, so I would say overall country. I'm a big Morgan Wallen fan. So definitely anytime I can listen to him. And then um, ever since the Super Bowl, I've been getting into Rihanna. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. That was a good Super Bowl halftime show. I yeah. think my favorite one, I really liked uh, – there was one a few Bruno Mars. That was probably my favorite Super Bowl that halftime was show. And yeah. I, I like listening to his music a lot. So I'll go with him. Yeah. Yeah. What is your most embarrassing hockey moment? Okay. So um the one I think I was in Adam, maybe I was pretty young, but I came around the net and I had the puck and my goalie was a bit too far out of the net and uh I went to shoot it up ice to one of the forwards uh, up there and I did hit it off the goalie skating in the net. So I would say that was pretty embarrassing, um, but definitely learned a little bit from that. Definitely be a little more aware of my surroundings. So, yeah, that's good. Luckily, no one luckily wasn't like broadcast or anything like that. So <laughs> no, we were just eight, and nine years old. So it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> now, talk, who's the funniest on the London Devilettes? Okay, so we definitely have, since we're such a close group, there's definitely quite a few uh, funny people, but I would say um, Sydney Champion, um, one of the girls I've played with for a very long time, definitely has a really good sense of humor. And then I would probably go with Kira Hurry. Uh, she's going to Clarkson next year, and um, I would say just not necessarily her jokes, but just the way she approaches certain situations is really funny. <laughs> You got a lot of Clarkson people on London. That's going to be a fun game uh, for next season when you go out play them. It's yeah, going to be weird definitely. playing against some of the people that you played with. Yeah, no, it's definitely going to be weird. I mean, um, both all three of those girls I'm really close with. So I'm excited for that. I'm, I'm sure we'll get to play them lots as Colgate and Clarkson always do, a little rivalry there. But yeah, I'm definitely excited to play against some of my ex-teammates. Who has the best style on the team besides yourself, obviously? <laughs> yeah, no, besides me, uh, I'd have to go with uh, Abby Stonehouse. She definitely knows what she's doing with the sock tape and definitely gets the job done. <laughs> if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? Um, I would probably go Connor McDavid on that one, just because, I mean, I'd love to talk about his game and just see what I could learn from it. I would probably do Wayne Gretzky just because it would be interesting to see what it was what it was like back in the day and what it was like being the greatest hockey player of mm, all time. Yeah, that could be a good one too. I mean, there's a lot of good ones when it comes to hockey. So I yeah. think either of those I would definitely take advantage of. And then last on hockey question is what's the most interesting thing you've read or seen this week? Oh, okay. I would say um Courtney Kessel and Tara Watchhorn are coaching together at uh, BU. So I think that was pretty interesting because obviously they were both my coaches in the um, second world championship in Sweden. And I think that duo is going to be pretty lethal. So I'm looking forward to hopefully playing against them in the coming years, especially with a few of the teammates I got to play against like Alex Law and Brooke Disher. So I think that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how BU does next year with the new coaching staff. Yeah. I think it, they're going to be a pretty solid team at sort of a team that surprises a lot of people. So luckily for you, you're not in the same conference. So you don't get to play against them all the time. Yeah. No, I don't know if they're going to be definitely dangerous. I mean, I think it's going to be a very powerful group they got there. And I definitely think they got a good chance to make a run at it. 
I think for women's hockey, since we're doing that topic, I'd say Kiara Zanin transferring to Ohio State. That really mm-hmm. surprised me. I thought she was one of the best players in the CHA last year for Penn yeah. State. And now they got their pretty loaded team with Hannah Bilka, Kayla Barnes, and Stephanie yeah. Markowski. So looking yeah. forward to seeing how they do next year with all those tie-in players. Yeah, no, um, Ohio's always dangerous. I mean, they got a great roster, and I think next year it's looking pretty insane. So uh, one of the girls on my team is going to Ohio, actually, Jocelyn Amos. She's going to be heading there next year. So definitely think they're going to be dangerous and have a really good chance to win next year as well. Well, getting back to some hockey questions now. First one is, if you, for all the younger people that are listening to this podcast, what advice would you give them on what it takes to make it to college hockey? Yeah, I would say the biggest thing is just um, focus on getting better every day, like day in and day out. It's really important to focus on those smaller details, because even though um, the big details, shooting, skating, those kind of things are really important. I think the small details are what coaches notice in the end when the margin gets uh, smaller. So I think focusing on the little details and then just kind of have fun with it because it is so, so fun. That's why we play hockey. So don't get tickets to yourself too seriously and just have fun. What should be done to help grow women's hockey from your perspective? Um, I would say just uh, more participation. I mean, I think the numbers have gone up um, dramatically in the last few years, and I think the sport is continuing to grow. So I think um, continuing to support women's hockey, I mean, having the opportunity to play against in front of sold out crowds is pretty special as a women's hockey player. So continuing people watching women's hockey and supporting it is really important. So, yeah, and then just more participation will continue to be important. Well, do you have any shout outs you want to give uh, to any of your teammates, family members and friends? And who should we have on next from the podcast that you might know, either from London or the U18 team? Yeah, for sure. Um, So I definitely first off, like uh, my parents have been huge inspirations my whole life and have really supported me in my hockey journey all the way through um, driving me wherever, um, just being a big support system. I mean, hockey can be grueling mentally and they've definitely helped me out with that side of my game. And then. Um, as far as my teammates, I think both U18 Worlds and um, in London, I've had awesome teammates. Everyone's so supportive and um, has really created such a great environment on every team I've been a part of. Uh, so obviously them, they've helped me out along the way a lot. Um, and then for what you should bring on the broadcast next. So I saw you had Alex Lawn, which mm-hmm. she's awesome. So I was really excited about that. Um who Jocelyn Amos obviously I've gone through two world championships with her and then also had the opportunity to play in London for I think we've played together for seven years in London so that was pretty that's pretty crazy and she's um awesome done some really cool things and then who else oh have you had Caitlin Kramer on yet I have not no yeah no I think she would definitely be a special one to have on she's a pretty unreal player I'm not sure if you heard about the record she broke but she scored like 15 goals in the tournament last year right yeah she scored a lot of goals (laughs) and is a pretty special player I'm playing against her she plays for Kitchener so we play against her a lot um and then obviously she's gone through kind of a different of a process a little bit playing in Kitchener but um I think she'll be hopefully really big asset to that team next year too Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Emma. I really appreciate your time. It means so much to myself. And I can't wait to see you on the ice next season playing for Colgate. Um, I normally don't get the chance to watch a lot of Canadian hockey. So it's going to be cool to finally see you play more consistently um, in the NCAA. And I'm wishing you and your teammates nothing but success uh, for next season. I've had Tessa Hulk on the podcast. I hope both of you guys uh, will crush it next year. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. I'm definitely excited to start playing with Tessa. We're pretty close friends, so I can't wait to get there and uh, hopefully get a chance to watch a few games. So thank you. 
no problem. You got a smile that makes the sun rise.